Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ. I'm so glad to have you walking with me today as we walk with Christ. I thank you for downloading and sharing this episodes, and thank you for all of the uh, visits to my sponsors that I've been seeing and I've been hearing about. Uh, the Also, we have uh, that sponsor with the Templar Chronicles 1, New Players. That book is amazing in the fact that it, it has actually uh, messages that we need in today's world and it is fiction so it's not like it's not like a documentary or something like that but uh thank you so much for visiting those sponsors thank you for visiting true bars he's a lyricist he is in his uh, he's on his journey now to finding god or actually is path to salvation because i always say that god isn't lost i and, and i'm starting to kind of develop a, a kind of a way against saying i found god because god wasn't lost we are so thank you all for uh, visiting that sponsor and exquisite creations if you have tiktok or social media um i think she does have tiktok i don't have tiktok but i have my own reasons for that we're not going to go into it on this podcast uh, thank you so much again for listening, downloading, sharing. It's, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about God. And I just sit here behind the microphone for a couple moments every week. And we talk about this thing we call the Bible and how to apply it to every day in life. All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into today's episode. I am really excited about it. Why am I excited, you say? Because... We are talking about Israel finally being set free from Egypt. And this is, it, it, it encompasses so much more than just getting up and walking out the front gate. Because everything that we've talked about, the plagues, the going back and forth to see Pharaoh, God talking to Moses, all of these things culminate in this moment. And this moment will become significant to us throughout Judaism and then later on throughout Christianity because again there's a lot of type and shadow here so with no further ado we're going to go ahead and get into it so let's take a walk on this uh, now we are at uh, the Passover now the Passover has happened after the last plague when the firstborn has died and Egypt is in shambles. The morale is in shambles. Um, royal family, everybody except the houses of Israel are in shambles. Everything is just topsy-turvy. They just had the, the frogs and the lice and the hail with the lightning and everything is in shambles. God, let these people go. So they went and told, they finally got through the Pharaoh. God finally got through the Pharaoh. But now it's time for the Passover. Now, notice, I, I want to, to notice something here. When Pharaoh finally said after the firstborn, he was pretty angry. And he told Israel, you know what? 
Go on, get out of here. Moses, get your people out of here. I'm tired of looking at them. But the deliverance would not have been complete in God's eyes, which is walking out. Now, why is that? Now, we, we've talked before about Israel representing the church and Egypt representing sin or the world and how this is typecast. And then this is very important why a lot of Bible scholars do this. And I mean, like true in the world Bible scholars will do this and it makes sense. And here's how it will make sense. But when Pharaoh finally told Israel, you know, finally told the Israelites to go, to leave, the Lord told Moses to go speak to the people and to take a lamb, a male lamb, one year. Uh, and it was to be without blemish. He was going to take one lamb per household. Now, there's something to be noticed here. It didn't matter how big the household was. You only got one lamb. But if your house was too small to eat an entire lamb in the night, you were to share it with someone and burn whatever left was left over. Now, that was really sort of significant in the fact that that lamb could stretch through the entire family. And if it was too much for you, you can always share it with someone else. The word is the lamb in this situation. And you're going to share the word with other people because, you know, the word is a is big. It's too big to just kind of hold in your heart. It's, it's, it's to be shared. Right. So what God told Moses to tell the people was that, yes, you had to take the lamb, you had to slay the lamb. But the blood was very important. You couldn't eat the blood. God maintained that rule. You could not eat the blood, but you were supposed to put the blood on both sides of the doorpost and across the top. OK, so basically you're going to basically cover the door frame in blood, in lamb's blood, not goat's blood, not dog's blood, not pig's blood, not chicken blood. It had to be lamb blood and it had to be the lamb blood that was without blemish and that represented without sin. And it had to be one year. So it had to be a, a lamb in its prime. And I want you to clip that on your, your brain. A lamb in its prime without blemish. A male, not a female lamb. It had to be a male lamb. God was very specific in what his instructions were. Moses went out, told the people, and they did it. Now, notice that even though Mo Pharaoh had told everyone to go, they didn't leave right then. They went home and had this Passover dinner. Because this is exactly where the firstborn is going to die. This is exactly where the firstborn is going to die. And this is going to seal everything in blood. The deliverance could not be complete with an act of, without an act of obedience. And the application of the blood had to occur. Now, when you remember, we talked about it before, we'll talk about it again. Egypt is typecast of the world and sin, all these things are together. And not just like, I'm not saying, when I say the world, please understand, I'm not talking about like 
31st Street or that building over there. It's it's a general cacophony of what the world is and how the world does not want to live for God. And I'm, and so we use that term very generically. And there and by, Jesus will talk about how I came into the world and the world received me not. He's not talking about that mountain over there, that tree. He's not talking about Wilson Street. He's talking about the people in the world, the people who are in sin in the world, not receiving him. And in this case, the lamb has come to Israel because Egypt didn't want any part of it. So the being that Egypt is typecast as sin in the world with all the trappings, you know, like sin and lust and greed and lying and killing and stealing and whatever that whatever sin is and sin is an actual thing so if your pastor is not telling you that there is no sin you, you need to reconsider you need to reconsider what what your soul is doing all right so and it shows that the things that enslave us in sin the things that keep us bondage in sin the things that keep us uh wrapped up and confused and and kind of spinning our wheels and living for God kind of keep us stuck they don't just let it go because a word was spoken because somebody said let it go it shows that you have to act when you've heard the word when 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 Moses came back and said Pharaoh, Pharaoh said let us go we can go they didn't just pack up everything and walk out that night. There was still one more act that had to happen. And it was the Passover. Now, Passover. And just for the sake of time, we're going we're gonna to talk very briefly about it. It's really considered the final play. In Passover, and the reason why you put the, the blood... On the doorpost was because there's an angel that was going to come through. This is where the firstborn died. There was an angel that was going to come through. And if you were covered by the blood, if your door was covered by the blood, that angel didn't enter. If that angel entered, your firstborn was dying. I'll say that again. If your door was covered with the blood and by the door, it meant the God said the lintel and the top post, not the regular door. Got to be very specific. God is very specific in what he tells us to do and how he tells us to do it. Why? Because God is looking for obedience, willful obedience, intentional obedience, not accidental obedience. So here's what we have here. We have the angel coming through, the angel of death coming through. He's going to visit everyone's house in Egypt everyone Egypt and Egyptian alike and he's, he's going to see the blood and he's going to bypass that house when he doesn't see the blood or if the blood is maybe applied incorrectly he's going to go in he's going to kill the firstborn that's what his mission was that night now uh, now before that happened though I don't want us to get the impression that this Passover meal was something that we were just going to sit down and like a Thanksgiving dinner and eat in, until we pass out from meat sweats. 
That's not what happened. They had their shoes on their feet, their clothes, their belts and, and their belts tied tight, their robes on, their walking robes. They had their bags packed. So you got to be ready to leave Egypt. You got to be ready to leave the world. You got to be ready to leave sin. And I'm not talking when I and I have to be very careful because people take things the wrong way. When I say ready to leave this world, I'm not talking about self-deletion. I'm talking about dying out to sin and being reborn in the newness of life and reborn living for God. When I say that, please understand that's a very simple way of saying being born again. When you're ready to leave the world, being born again. I'm not talking about don't don't say JJ told you to go out and drink Kool-Aid. Don't say any of that because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being ready to turn your back on sin, turn your back on things that the world's accepting, turn your back on things that you know is wrong, but you just do it to get along. Turn your back on things that are anti-God, anti-Christ and live for him. That's what's called leaving, leaving, leaving this world. All right. So again, they were already dressed, already ready to go. They were, they had their staff in their hand. They had their book, their bags packed, sitting by the door, waiting for the Uber. But while they were waiting for the Uber, they were stuffing their face with lamb. They were not taking an easy meal. My wife likes to make fun of me because when I eat pancakes, I don't even chew pancakes. That's how much I love them. I just, it, it, they're so soaked down with syrup and stuff that I just taken like, in two chews, two that whole mouthful of pancake was gone. That's how they were eating that, that lamb. And it was a certain way it had to be cooked. It wasn't boiled. It had to be roasted with fire. And the rest of the lamb that was left over had to be burned. As after you shared it, it had to be burned. It had to be destroyed. God is doing all this for a reason. Now, at midnight is when this angel came through and killed the firstborn of every household that didn't have the blood upon the doorpost. I need to stress to you that this was every household. I know the Bible doesn't really say it, but it says every household. So let me ask you something. If it's every household, what if there were an Israeli house that didn't believe that they should put the blood on the door correctly? Then they lost the firstborn. God was not playing. God never plays when he gives you specific instructions. He never plays with that. You have to do it the way he tells you to do it because God wants intentional obedience. So salvation in this stage of the game is dependent upon the blood of the lamb. And we call the lamb now Jesus Christ. And this is where that stemmed from. Line upon line, precept upon precept. First Corinthians 5 and 7. Oh, let me stop here because I, I get new listeners all the time, which I thank God for. I love you and welcome you to the journey. When we have a scripture, there's a rule on this podcast. You read a verse above and a verse below, but preferably the whole chapter because everything must be in context. 
all right but for the sake of time i try to give you a couple of scriptures all right so first one we're going to talk about first corinthians 5 and 7. purge out therefore the old letter that you may be a new law for even christ our passover is sacrificed for us our passover the lamb sacrificed for us and we're going to see this lamb the terminology of the lamb come up again as we get into what Israel did in the wilderness. But this is where this started. The lamb being sacrificed for us. And, and in 1 Peter 1.19, the precious blood of Christ asked out the lamb without blemish and without spot. What did the original lamb have to be without? Blemish and spots. See, you will see a lot of people try to discredit the Old Testament. Oh, that was way back then. But what was done in the Old Testament was done and representative of what was going to be done in the New Testament. And this is very important. This is one of the things that when God finally revealed it to me, it was it was really eye opening. And it, it really helped me as far as being able to live for God. And I tell you this, I tell the story the whole time. The, the way God revealed it to me was I had this guy on my job who didn't like God. He didn't like anything about God. And he put together a list of 4,500 or 4,400 uh, contradictions in the Bible. And he gave it to me because I, I asked him to come to church one day. And I, and I had just started living for God. And I spent all weekend going through those contradictions. And at first I, I was like, oh my God, these are a lot of contradictions. But then we kept going on. I kept going through and God kept helping me write them out and, and solve them. And then I realized exactly what we just talked about. Things that were, were done in the Old Testament was fulfilled in the New Testament. None of this was destroyed. It was just fulfilled. And I gave that, I gave Keith that paper back. It was, it was like a little booklet. And he never spoke to me again, that guy. But you know, it's all good and love. I hope he did find Christ later. Well, Christ found him. Because uh, God, because Christ wasn't lost. God wasn't lost. We were. So that being said, let's move right along. But with the precious blood of Christ, So what you want to read now is the, this, the uh, context of those two chap those two verses. But what we're going to focus on for this Passover is Exodus chapter 12, 1 through 36. I'm not going to read that because it'll take too long. So finally, finally, now Pharaoh is not going to play any games. He's, he's finally going to let the Israelites go. He's lost too much faith. But yet, the blood had been shed and the blood covered the Israelites. So, and then at that point, the uh, Lord, Lord led him out of Egypt. Um, and as he was they're going out, a pillar of fire became their, their candle, the Holy Ghost fire, as we call it now. I say that again, the Holy Ghost fire, as we call it now, led Israel out of Egypt. And God had made a promise that during the, during the night, it was going to be a pillar of 
light and a cloud during the day. So at night, when things are dark, when things are terrible, you have a light to look for. In the day, when it's, things are hot, things are terrible, you got shade. See, God doesn't do anything superfluous. He, he does everything for a purpose. Now, of course, as the world does, Pharaoh reneged on his promise. How many times have you you said something to someone and they reneged on your promise, whether it was somebody, you told somebody a secret and they weren't supposed to tell anybody and then they told somebody, they reneged on their promise. Uh, you, had, you had a business agreement with them and they reneged on their promise. God ain't going to renege on his promise with you. When God makes you a promise, he's going to make you a promise. Now, that promise may not come directly the way you want it to, but that promise is coming. And it's, it's just how it is. But, again, moving right along, Pharaoh decided, you know what? I'm not going to let these are my slaves. Why am I going to go? I lost too many people now. Now I need these slaves to rebuild Egypt. They didn't lose anybody. So guess what? I, I want them back. With the power of God, the world will not easily let you go. And, and it's not it's not because they want you, they love you. Or they may act like they love you. Oh, why come you don't come and hang out with us and go to the club? No. The issue is they can't afford to lose you as their justification. They can't afford to lose you. And the things that and and see you happy. Well, you know, we have the saying, you know, misery loves company, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. Um, but don't feel as if uh, the, the world is fighting for your benefit. Uh, people of the world are not fighting for your or fighting for your benefit, even family members. And this is where living for God really takes a really hard turn. What do you do? Do you live for God or do you live for your family? Do you live for God or do you live for your best friend of 30 years? Do you live for God or do you live to satisfy your boss? And at some point, if you choose to live for God, all these other things will work themselves out. Uh, Matthew, it's in Matthew. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Friends, family, job, things that you leave need to get along in this world going to be added to you but now that you've sought the righteousness of the kingdom of God that's added to you too absolutely so it's important to understand um, Exodus 14 7 to 21 it talks a lot about how God is saying I'm going to fight for you if you cry to me I'm going to be there for you this is where God is really explaining what his role in the children of Israel's life should be. And this is where God telling us exactly what his role in our life is going to be. There are no graves in Egypt. First thing, and the first thing that happened, and this is going to be a common thing. We'll talk about it. First thing that happened was as soon as Israel got out, got out of the world, and into the presence of God, they started complaining. 
But we were happy in Egypt. We had places to go and we had, there were even places to bury us in Egypt. Now you brought us out here, we got to dig our own graves. And this is a thing that happens. And and I want to say it's human nature, but what's really going on is that all of us, even JJ, even the most most religious super pastor in this world, at some point before they were saved or during the part, during the time where salvation was taking place in their lives, when the Passover was taking place in their lives, there were certain parts of the world that really fought with them, really strove with them, really, they had, it was something that really pulled them, tried to pull them back into the world, whether it's a, a lot of people that I speak to speak of drugs this way. Uh, some people speak of promiscuous uh, promiscuity that way. Some people, th- you know, speak of chasing money that way. Anything to get you out of the will of God and back into the world. So it's not. I I just it, it, this is a thing that we will see. We'll talk more about this later, and I'm trying to wrap it up because. I get so excited about talking about Exodus, but this is this is something that will happen to you, to me, to anybody. While we're striving to walk with God, there'll be certain things that are going to pull at us, appeal to us, try to get us to go back to any all of these things, but we have to stay on path. We have to stay on that walk. We gotta walk with God. And that's why Jesus said walk with me. So Um, We're going to wrap it up there because we are out of time for today. Listen, I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. And um, don't um, don't forget, if you have questions or anything, uh, go ahead and hit me up on walkwithme at biblestudy.gmail.com. Thank you so much for taking your time and spending with us today, walking in the Lord, walking in the Bible here. Again, my name is JJ. I'm your host for this podcast, Walk With Me. Like it, share it, download it, whatever options you have on the platform that you are listening to us on. I appreciate it. I really do. Tell it to someone else. You may actually be helping them as well. Check on them. Make sure you give them your love. Give them our love because we are a family of walkers here, and I really do appreciate it. Thank God for each and every one of you. I love you all. God bless you. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason.